You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to Versus Mike History. I am your host, Michael History. In episode 107, Joy Charles K. joins the podcast to talk about the Black American Heritage flag and the rallying point. We talk about the places the flag has been raised, the process of retaining the rights to its likeness, her relationship with her father, and more. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. Subscribe to our newsletter for brand updates and podcast recommendations. And join our members-only community on Patreon for access to exclusive content. For everything else, go to VersusMikeHistory.com. Peace, family. Welcome to another episode of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Mike History. And today we have Joy Charles in the building. Welcome, Miss Charles. Thank you. Thank you uh, for having me. Um, no problem. So I want you to go ahead and um, sort of do your little intro and then I'll hop right into all the questions and everything I want to know. Oh, okay. Um, so I am the only daughter, the only child actually, of Melvin Charles, who was one of the designers of the Black American Heritage flag. Um, I uh, grew up with the flag. Um, my father designed it in 1967, uh, he and Gleason Jackson, and um, unfortunately Gleason was killed um, shortly after that. And my father continued the work of the flag basically until he uh, became elderly. Um, and so in 2021, uh, I was being uh, contacted from people all over the world basically about the flag. People had questions and um, and it was very difficult to get a copy of his memoir, The Rallying Point. And so I decided to get ahead of, um, or tried to get ahead of uh, what was going on and started a website and, you know, got the digital platform together and had the book republished. And um, since then, you know, people have been calling and asking. I've been involved in flag raisings and parades and all kinds of things. And so it's been a very positive journey. Um, you know, I've been talking to lots of people in lots of spaces. Um, I've got some connections down at Howard University. I'm also going to be working with some students at Fisk University. So, um, you know, the word has been traveling pretty fast and furiously. All right. It, that sounds so amazing. And um, I'm really astonished at everything that you've been able to do to keep the legacy of the flag and your father alive. And um, it's just so crazy to me because um, I kind of was introduced to everything back in 2020 when um, I made a tweet and I, and I spoke about uh, an image that I found online and the tweet says, uh, look at this beautiful flag, da, da, da. I can't find any information about it anywhere. And um, lo and behold, the, the tweet ended up going viral or what I would consider viral. And um, a bunch of people started replying and 
sending information and saying, oh, this is that, this is that. And then um, Joy reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I'm the daughter of the man who designed this flag. And we've been connected since then. And we've um, been meaning to have this conversation for a while now. So um, I'm really appreciative of this moment. And one of the things that I usually ask people who are coming on to the podcast is, what are you listening to currently? What am I listening to mm-hmm. in terms of music? music. Well, I'm also um, involved in the worship and creative arts ministry at my church. Okay. And so right now I am knee deep in Christmas music. Um, (laughs) uh, My church is a mega church. And so we're doing um, some concerts coming up. Um, So that's what I'm listening to as well as um, I'm in another choir, um, another community choir. So I'm listening to um, all kinds, all kinds of Christmas music from um, uh, let's see music that is sung in the language of Zulu to uh, the Messiah, which is um, Handel's Messiah. So that's that's what I'm listening to right now. But I listen to all types of music. All right. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's begin. So um, I'm curious to know that I'm curious to know when you began to pick up the um, legacy of the flag and got, uh, began to prepare everything to uh, go out to the public and uh, make the book more accessible and those things. What was that process like? Because um, I'm sure this wasn't something that was, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if this was something that was really prevalent to you as a child, but um, I'm sure that when things became more popularized, um, in the more recent time, especially during the pandemic, it might have seemed a little bit overwhelming. So I'm curious to know. Um, yeah, I'm curious to know how you uh, took the process in of um, moving this forward by yourself. Um, well, as I said, when I um, started speaking, I I started getting messages from everywhere, um, from Reddit. Um, somebody pointed me towards Reddit and then, um, I started getting emails from people, um, just asking questions about the flag. And at that point, I think at that point I had ordered an extra copy of the book. Um, I have the rallying point somewhere that my father signed and I can't find it. So I said, let me go on Amazon and buy a book. So I guess that was in 2020, might've been 2019. Anyway, so I ordered a book. It cost me maybe 50 bucks to get it. And then a year later in 2021, when I decided to put up the website and do the social media, I wanted to uh, get the book republished. I went on Amazon and the book was $800. Oh, wow. Uh, because there were none left. Um, I saw one for 600, one for 800. So I took the copy that I had and I contracted with a company to get it uh, republished and um, 
which was a pretty long process, honestly. Um, so, but I knew it had to be done because the book to me um, really explains everything in terms of why the idea came about to the struggles that they had uh, trying to get people to understand what the flag was and how important it was to them um, to, you know, taking it to, um, to the world into different cities. So, um, so I started, I started with that, with the, you know, with the website and then with the book and things have grown since then. What would you say your personal connection to the flag is? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I was a child when it was designed and it was designed in the basement of my house. Um, so it's, it was so much a part of everything we did. Um, we had a big one in the basement on the wall. Um, my father had, you know, shirts made, we had buttons, he had, um, little flags and it was his passion. It was truly his passion for many years. I mean, he worked as a set designer, um, or a display designer. I'm sorry. Um, he just, he did display design for Sam Goody, which is a record company. And then he, he sold plastics, at, um, later on, but the flag was everything. Um, so, you know, as a kid, it was a big part of who my dad was. And um, do you do you think that its place amongst history now is? Um, do you think that it it there is more space for uh, people to come behind? Mr. Charles and create more flags because I know uh, I've seen other flags such as the Juneteenth flag. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I feel like there aren't enough spaces where we see those, we've seen those raised and it, it, I wonder if it is a, uh, a matter of there needing to be more individuality in terms of designs and uh, representation within black communities for it to, I don't know, um, be inclusive, but um, I feel like there should be more, a, a, a larger spotlight. And I, I'm curious to know, why do you think that um, it's such a tough process to make a flag widely known? Um, that's a good question. I know my father tried his hardest um, to make the flag known. Um, and I think you know, it all boils down to timing, uh, to what was happening in society. When they started with it, it was, you know, the, I would say the end of the civil rights movement. Mm. And in 1968, um, uh, Martin Luther King was murdered and then um, Malcolm X was murdered. And I feel like there was almost a hush across the nation because people were in mourning. And so then we went into the 70s, and that was a different period of time um, for us as Blacks. Um, fast forward to now, um, I, I, I feel like now is the time. I think it just wasn't my father's time to make this flag um, uh, a solidified part of our culture for whatever reason. Um, I feel like it's 
part of my legacy to push it forward because I mean it's all it's all happening unfolding and unfolding without um you know a lot of blood sweat and tears on my part I mean what he went through was a lot um you know, thankfully, because we're in the digital age, I'm able to get the word out um, a lot, a lot easier than he was able to do uh, and to make connections. And it's still hard, um, you know, because people don't know. But I find that um, there are a lot of people who connect with me on social media who are so positive about it, who are you know, buying the flag and, and taking the message and, and, um, you know, sending, sending it forward. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's happening now. I feel like I'm beginning to see, um, an escalation in terms of, uh, you know, people knowing what the flag is and what it represents. And in terms of, notoriety uh like how do what are other ways you can um in terms of well okay i'll ask this i'll reframe i want to reframe the question i was going to ask um in terms of the imaging right because i'm sure th there is a very specific intention in w the way everything is placed on this flag Yes. Um, when it comes to uh, licensing the image and, mm -hmm. you know, um, being able to generate revenue to create more positive uh, programs like surrounding the flag, um, how do you go about that process? Um, very slowly. Um, mm -hmm. I'm in the process of working with um, a trademark attorney right now. Um, and I do... I am partnered with a company called Blackletics, mm -hmm. which is out of um, uh, Detroit, Michigan. Um, Rodney Watkins is the owner of that company. And um, so we have an agreement where we work together and we create uh, products um, that represent the flag. Um, and so, I mean, we'll continue to move forward as, you know, the trademark becomes solidified and and we'll just keep it going. I mean, I wanted to really jump and get ahead of <laughs> get ahead of this because I felt like in 2021, it was just all over the place. I was seeing my father's image on TikTok all the time, wow. still do, mm -hmm. um, you know, from his PBS special. And I really wanted to make sure that the legacy of this flag was being told properly and that his legacy was not forgotten in the creation of this flag. You know, I didn't want to see it one day, you know, being sold by T Target or JCPenney, just, right, be, you know, right. with no, um, no history behind it. No, exactly. yeah. So, so that's what I'm working towards. And that's, and that's really why I asked the question because, um, you know, we get into these situations, especially in the black community where, our likeness ends up um, falling out of our hands and we don't end up being in control of who gets to use it or what it's being purposed for in, um, mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I also want to, I also want to know um, 
what do you think or what is the flag's relationship to the government? Because I know that the flag is raised in um, Massachusetts, in Salem, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in terms of getting it raised in other cities and things of that nature, um, is that process very difficult or um, getting them to recognize it in general? Um, talk about that for a little bit. Uh, sure. Well, in terms of... Um... Massachusetts. It's the flag has been raised um, during Black History Month in Springfield, Massachusetts for the past 35 years. Okay. Um, my father started uh, going there back in the 80s. Um, and so that that has been um, the only city that I know of that consistently does a flag raising in conjunction with Black History Month. Um, I've also been working with um, Salem, Massachusetts, because um, uh, they've got an organization that contacted me about using the flag for what's called Negro Election Day. Okay. Um, so I've been working with them. And I was able to get to um, Linden, New Jersey, which is where I was raised, where the flag was created. Um, if you read the book, um, my father talks about how the city of Linden would not let them raise the flag there. And so this past year, I was able to connect with them. And I've been connecting with other cities. You know, I've been sending emails and hearing from other people. So Black History Month, we should see a lot of other cities raising the flag. Um, so that that's the connection. I mean, I haven't contacted the White House yet. Um, <laughs> that I should probably do while um, I'm an AKA. And while Kamala mm. Harris is still there, <laughs> maybe I should contact them. But um but so far, it's been, you know, city by city. Right, um, right. And I have a list of them. Yeah. And you said that um, getting them to recognize it was a little bit more difficult? Getting who to recognize it? Um, you mean other cities? Yes. Um, well, I think... Uh, As a sort of a historical thing, like, hey, this is actually a thing versus... Hey, can you just put up my flag? <laughs> um, well, I've been able to make uh, connections with a few other cities. And, you know, as the time goes, grows closer, like probably after Christmas, I'll make connections again so, mm-hmm. so that we can set up a date and time um, to get the flag raised, particularly in cities here in New Jersey, um, because this is where the flag was created. Um but, um, but yeah, I've, I've, the ones that I've reached out to, they've been pretty uh, receptive, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want to, um, I'm curious to know this, right? Because this is the Black American Heritage flag. And currently, I feel like we live in a time where there are a lot of different viewpoints in terms of identity and um how americans black americans should carry themselves in terms of um economic unity or uh you know just in general black um prosperity and uh betterment how do you how do you think um it is 
or do you think it is our responsibility as a black community or do you think that it is your responsibility rather sorry about that to um control who gets to stand in front of the flag and speak about a certain message um i know that we want this flag to be uh, all encompassing but when it comes to people uh using different type of speech we've we've seen that in recent news um how do we stop you know these types of things from happening and these images being associated with certain people or certain messages um well this is why i have um tried to continue the dialogue online mm -hmm. um and i am constantly um you know advertising the book because it speaks for itself. This isn't a flag that's gonna represent all kinds of different issues. And my father was a veteran and he created this flag because he thought that we should have a flag that represented who we are as a people. But he was also, um, as I said, a, a veteran and he was a member of the US Navy. So he believed in this country. Um, so, as I said, I have been trying to stay in front of the messaging of what this flag stands for. So, I'm, I was on a Twitter space a couple of weeks ago talking about, talking about this very thing, about what the flag is, what, what it repre represents. And everybody was very um, encouraging and they understood um, what it is. You know, it doesn't stand for different causes, you know, because sometimes people want a flag to stand for a specific cause or, but no, this, this stands for us as Black people, as proud Black people, as contributors, contributors to the American society. I like that. And how can other people get involved in contributing to the um, awareness of the flag? Um, well, I would love for them to read the book. <laughs> you know, people don't like to read. People don't like to read. I get it. Um, but uh, that's one way um, they can get involved. They can always contact me. Um, you know, my contact information is everywhere. Uh, we're on every single platform at this point. Um, and, you know, if they want me to come and speak, if they want to do a flag raising, if they want to do a book talk, if they want to do you know, I don't know, a video, if they want me to talk to kids, you know, I'm open to all of it. That sounds so amazing. Now, I kind of want to get into a little bit um, more personal question. I want to know, I'm curious to know what your relationship with your father was like. Oh, wow. That's funny. Nobody's ever asked me that. So my father and I were very, very close. Um, and then my parents separated when I was 14 years old and, you know, because he wasn't living in the house, our relationship was not, you know, we were not as close and I was a teenager. Um, and then, you know, we just went through, I guess, normal, um, you know, father daughter issues for a while, but he was always in my life. There was never a time when my father wasn't in my life. You know, he walked me down the aisle. He was there for my children. He had relationships with my children and my husband. And before he died, we got very, very close. And so, um, you know, we went through ups and downs, but he was always, always a part of my life. Sounds good. 
Yeah. Oh, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about Miss Joy Charles for a bit. Um, because we've talked about the flag and we've talked about your father. Okay. Let's talk about you. Um, okay. Let's talk about your background in terms of profession and everything like that, because I'm also curious to know about the woman. Okay. Well, first of all, it's Joy Charles K. I've been married for 35 years to Brian K., my wonderful husband, who I can't do any of this without him. Um, <clears throat> and um, I have, you know, two, two grown children. Um, I went to Rutgers University for undergraduate and then went to um, Montclair State for graduate. And... Um, I started out after graduate school, I, um, I worked for a women's center and I did counseling there. And then I went on to, and I learned to write grants at that point. So then I went on to fundraising and development and I worked in for several schools and institutions, um, writing grants and raising money. And then more recently, uh, the past seven years, I've been the executive director of a nonprofit called uh, the Montclair Inn, which is a nonprofit residence for seniors. So my focus has been um, senior housing uh, for the past um, seven, almost eight years. Awesome. Would you say that people are your passion? Um, what led you to down the path of grant writing, working in education, and now working with the elderly? Um, I would say, yeah, I'm definitely a people person. I'm a connector. Um, grant writing and fundraising um, is really about, um, you know, taking care of people, ultimately. Um, so that has been my, my focus. Um, I got into working with the elderly, specifically senior housing, because I worked for, um, I was a consultant for a nonprofit that provided affordable housing in Montclair, New Jersey uh, for a while. And um, the executive director there heard about this position at the Montclair Inn and I took it because it was part-time. And then it just, it grew because um, it was just demanding more of my time and I could do so much more for them. So they, you know, so it became a full-time, full-time thing. Hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Would you say that, um, would you say that any of your father's work with the flag and the book inspired um, what you ended up choosing as your profession? Um, no. <laughs> it didn't. No, I have to be honest. No, probably right, more right. of what my mother did. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk about it. My mom was a, um, <laughs> she worked for the state of New Jersey, actually for Union County. She was the head of uh, pretrial intervention. She was a probation officer for years. And then she was, she was a social worker at one point, And then she was head of pretrial intervention. Uh, so she was really the people person and, you know, working in the trenches. But I would say that my career has helped me to take over my father's mission mm. of spreading the word about this flag because 
I'm somebody who is, you know, I'm a people person. I'm a connector. Um, I'm somebody who, um, you know, I'm pretty, pretty savvy in terms of technology. Um, I, you know, I have a lot of connections in the community and, you know, um, over all over the country. So I feel like my career prepared me to step into these shoes to um, to take the flag to the next level. And and as you take the flag to the next level, um, you've spoken about how it's been um, there's been a journey trying to get it more popularized and and noticed and um, essentially you're doing the work on your own and um, I want to know how that um, affects you in any way um, hmm. uh, well you know I'm an only child so um, <laughs> of course I'm doing this on my own um, I don't know that it's affecting me uh, recently though I you know because things have been picking up so I'm thinking I need to hire um, an intern okay. to help me you know with some of the correspondence that I need to do and things like that so the pace is picking up um, so I think that you know which is a great thing it's a great thing because there are things you know I have a I have a business mentor out of Rutgers um, School of Business. And mm -hmm. so I have, you know, a list of things that I need to do. And so the list keeps getting longer and longer. So, you know, I will need, you know, help to to move it forward. But yeah. And how would you like for the legacy of the flag to live on past you? Wow. Um, I would like it to be, you know, it's funny. I have an aunt, my aunt Sue, who's 88 years old. And, um, you know, she was around for everything. She's one of the few people that was around when the flag was being uh, created and, and through the 60s and 70s. And she always says to me, oh, you know, I can't wait till, you know, everybody knows about this flag. And I keep telling her, Aunt Sue, you know, people do know about the flag, but I think for her and for people of her generation, it's, they want to see it on TV, you know, <laughs> they right, want right, to see right. it on, on national right. television. For them, that's mm -hmm. everybody knowing about the flag. And so I guess, you know, my, my wish, my dream for the flag would be that it would be um, taught in schools, that it would be part of the curriculum or that, mm -hmm. you know, you know, part of part of my um, one of my goals is to create a curriculum surrounding the rallying point for children. So I would like to see that in in schools or in churches or however um, history is taught. And that's the way I would like to see it um, continued. Um, we are going to be part of a documentary in. Uh, well, we're part of it now, but it's being refined. Um, it's in connection with Salem, Salem United out of Salem, Massachusetts, in conjunction with um, Negro Election Day and Black American Heritage Flag Day, which is the third Saturday in July. 
up in Massachusetts. So there's an interview with me that's part of um, that's a part of uh, that documentary. But I would like to take it even further and do a documentary about the flag itself, based on the rallying point. So those are the ways that I would like to see the um, the flag continued, and to have it in museums and you know in permanent collections around the country. And uh, that is something that we are on the same page about because I feel like it's something that is just it's it's a piece of history, it's a piece of Black history, it's mm -hmm. a work of art, and it should be treated as so. Yeah. Um, but Joy Charles K, excuse me, uh, <laughs> it has been a lovely pleasure having you on this podcast. Um, mm -hmm. I really appreciate the conversation. And every and every piece of information that you've given me up to this point, I will be buying the rallying point and reading it myself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I'll be pushing everyone else to be Thank to read you. the rallying point written by my, Melvin Charles. Thank you. Um, any last words? Um. <laughs> Well, I just, you know, I'm, I just want to say thank you to you for um, uh, hosting this conversation. I think it's, it's necessary. And I think it's um, so educational for people who don't know about the flag and for those who do. And, you know, for, for all your listeners to, you know, grab a copy of the book, uh, read it and spread the word and let people know that we have a flag that we uh, can be proud of that represents who we are in America, that we are uh, a, a vital part of the society, that we have made so many contributions over the years, and that Black culture is as important as any other culture here in the United States. And so that that's that's what I would share with your with your listeners. Thank you, and that was so well put. <laughs> and um, would you like people? Um, you can let people know where they can find you online if you would like them to. Oh, sure. You can find me on uh, the website is original black American heritage flag. Dot um, com. And then uh, let's see, we're on Twitter. Uh, at, I don't know all these handles, unfortunately, but <laughs> if you put in black American heritage flag, we will come up with, uh, I will just say that to you. All right. Okay. Okay. And um, as always, folks, you can find everything versus Mike History related at versusmikehistory.com. Subscribe to the newsletter. And I will see you guys at the next episode. Peace.